In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs of a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cat. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Sexier Than a Squirrel, the podcast where we show you how to beat environmental distractions, how to become stronger than the squirrel, the half-eaten hamburger, and even the melted ice cream. And today we are talking big dog versus small dog. And for us, it's something we know all too well. We've worked with clients over, well, the whole world, right? Yeah. With big dogs, with small yeah, dogs and, and extremes, right? We have chihuahuas through to, I don't know, a dog de Bordeaux. Yeah, huge differences. Now, the, first of all, to open this off, this is almost something to be celebrated. And it's like crazy to think about that. Can you think of any other species on the planet where there is that much variety between individuals, right? So you even think about cats and sure you can get like short haired cats, long haired cats, bald cats, but there isn't that much variety. I mean, you don't get like cats like the miniature cats big, and then and then cats. Like, I mean, you do really get you do get like Maine Coons, I suppose, but, but it's not so, the same extreme. Like, yeah, not the extreme. Like, you can Great get, Dane and Chihuahua. You can get a three, a, a one and a half kilo Chihuahua and an eighty kilo Great Dane. Like that, there is no other species it's on huge. this planet and where there is so much variety. You would never put them as like the same thing right like and yet how much should we celebrate them because that is so worth celebrating if you were an alien that just landed on this planet and you were you had the the job of characterizing the the species of the planet you'd put the you'd chihuahuas would be their own species maybe they should be i don't know (laughs) i think i think a little pixel who trains with us should be she is definitely she is the cutest dog she's the cutest dog alive yeah so before we crack on with that and we kind of jump into that couple of things make sure you have subscribed to the podcast if you have not already you need to do so and then you get notified when we put new podcasts out we obviously it's a weekly podcast but we do like to also just do the odd surprise so um, if you're subscribed then what happens is you get a little notification that um that that it's gone live now the way that you do that you can go to absolutedogs.me forward slash start and you'll be able to um follow the steps there and you also get your free download where we effectively get you up to to speed in the absolute dogs game changer world as well so big dogs small dogs question that we get asked all the time now's our opportunity to talk about it where do we start so for me number one um tom and i we train all dogs mm-hmm. so we absolutely are passionate about dogs and and both of us have small dogs and yep. i don't think we have like maybe the some of the giant giant, giant dogs. dogs um but we're definitely celebratory of them yeah. and um and obviously we have dogs that, that many students we are them. we are passionate about and mm-hmm. at the same time many of our students have their own breeds as well so yeah. so for me um number one we love all dogs and 
and and number two actually we believe that all of these dogs are very very trainable Absolutely. in their own way maybe it might be more niche more bespoke um, slight variations of, of how we might do a game or adapt a game if you haven't worked with us before we're hugely adaptable flexible very resourceful very optimistic um, for example I don't know I wouldn't be playing maybe one of our games is called Funder you might have seen it through Leash Off Game On um, and uh, with Funder I might not play that with the Great Dane <laughs> it might not work not well. <laughs> um, and yet um, playing um, I don't know uh, Funder with Little Thistle Tom's Miniature mm -hmm. Dash Hound would work beautifully so, yeah. so for us we might adapt things but actually we believe all dogs are absolutely trainable through the power of, um, of great reinforcement absolutely so there are a few key things that we see as being differences and the first one is probably the most important and that is that a small dog their daily food allowance is much much less and when we say their daily food allowance we ditch the bowl yeah and that's something that, that you'll experience when you get your da your download of um of, of all of the things that we do it's a free download uh, you should already have it uh, however uh, if you haven't we ditch the bowl we use all of our dogs daily allowance and when we use our daily allowance of say thistle mm -hmm. versus um tom has a standard poodle mm -hmm. illy uh, if we were using it with those two those are probably our most extreme there'd be the biggest there'd, there'd be a big difference in terms of the amount so for example little thistle she'd have a, a relatively small pot of value um, and with illy she would have quite a big pot of value and yet they probably both have similar opportunity to reward great choices throughout the day so i think the big the first thing with small dogs and we say this to our students that especially that have the tiny dogs and we do this with our own dogs as well you have to prioritize you have to pick your battles and you have to say okay i'm gonna say focus on proximity and optimism right now because that is what i need to focus on so my pot of value is going to go towards that right and, Whereas... and i think it's the i'm thinking pixel with a lovely kathy she's one of our game changers she's definitely hashtag i am sexy <laughs> type she is a hundred percent uh, game changer you watch how she does her food mm -hmm. as in how she preps it so it's tiny 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 pieces many of them yeah and you also look at how she uh, prioritizes how she's going to yeah. use it so she's a great example of a chihuahua uh, and a chihuahua's owner mm -hmm. uh, and how they might do it yeah and, and the thing that you've got to think is that actually there are probably loads of things that you want to work on but because you've only got so much value in the day small amount you've got to prioritize what is going to be important for you right now so that's what we mean by pick your battles whereas with a larger dog you actually have more opportunity to reward lots of different things because you've got more pot of value there are other kind of uh, pros and cons to larger dogs that we'll speak about in a second so that's the first thing second thing that Laura mentioned is the prep so um, if you've got a small dog and you're probably going to want to think about the type of food that you feed so. I mean even um, some of my owners who come to classes Tom and I live here in Devon uh, it's the most amazing place and we do have regular students mm -hmm. Tom and I um, both both get involved in teaching so we're on the ground teaching with people um, and one of the things my students might use is almost cat sized treats yeah. so they're much more likely to use cat treats or whether they prep meat or whether they prep something their dog absolutely loves or uses but it's very very small and I remember being given not that long ago and um, we had a great dane here doing some training and she gave me a couple of his kibble and they were like the size of i mean I, they would have knocked thistle out like rocks they were like big <laughs> rocks it's like some of sort of <laughs> it was some sort of breed specific kibble and i swear it was humongous mm. it was like throwing a lump of like I don't know horse poo size it was big yeah. it was really big yeah. and and it was um, an interesting <laughs> comparison it wasn't the one that came to mind i was thinking like a rock <laughs> um or maybe the it size like of a, a cell phone it was but like no, a big 
nugget yeah <laughs> so they, there we go <laughs> there we go but they literally they gave it to me and I was thinking about like how we use our food to play games and mm-hmm. I was thinking that how would I utilize that I mean it would be great because you would throw it but that would be thistles daily it mm-hmm. might even be her weekly amount <laughs> in one so, kibble and we, we have a, a few students who actually they you know they like a certain kibble or they like a certain type of food and the the, the food's quite big so it makes for limited opportunities so actually they just stick the daily food allowance into a bag on the morning they get a rolling pin and they smash it up and then actually it becomes more pieces right so uh, with this it's a lot about the prep um the, the other thing is is that often smaller dogs because they don't need as many calories in terms of you know that their, their stomach's only so big so they can get full quite quickly Often it's less about the food and it's more about the experience. And I think that's something that Tom and I have really um, learned to adjust over the the years training different breeds actually some of our dogs don't really like to work for food Mm. at all it's not about the taste what they love is the experience so my dogs even if they're full they'll still play magic hand you actually have to be quite aware of if they're full because they'll still take food because Mm. it's the experience and the playing and then suddenly you'll see them go oh i'm a bit full actually and it's because the experience of playing magic hand is really joyful for them so um with that with your smaller dogs what we'd be looking at is well how can you animate this food in such a way that um, um, that it gets them more engaged with it. And it's not about, you know, just getting full. It's about having this experience with so the So when we say together. animation, we mean what, Tom? Like I'm thinking bowling, mm-hmm. I'm thinking catching, yeah. I'm thinking hide and seek. Yeah. I'm thinking like games where we really um, use the food mm-hmm. as part of it, bouncing Chasing it. it in your hand, all these different things that actually there'll be, there's always, there'll always be one type of animation that really lights your dog up. And equally within that, for smaller dogs it really helps if they also are are rewarded by not just food but also play so thinking about developing animation with a toy or even animation of yourself whereby you're giving them attention you're giving them affection and you're animating your own body um, and seeing how they find that rewarding because the fact is you don't want to think when your daily food allowance is is gone you know at, at I don't know, midday that, oh my God, I've got the rest of the day and I need to figure out how I can continue to reward my dog. So it's being able to have those experiences with your dog as well. Mm. And we both think the power of play is really huge. One of our sayings for sure is um, those that play together, stay together. Mm. And we think it's hugely invaluable to be able to play with your dog. And not just, we're not just thinking tugging here. Tugging is probably one of the most limited of them. We're thinking, uh, like we said, catching um, a dog who'll um, want to interact and retrieve with you and push something back in your hand hands or maybe it's a level of like um, a little bit of chase there's so many games you can play definitely get involved in some play with your dog so that's the kind of first area that where there's big differences now the next area where we see a difference is in the way that they move so smaller dogs they're often much quicker and much more fast twitch like they're much they're just much twitchy whereas larger dogs they're typically um much slower and much more kind of ploddy now there's a big question over whether this is something that's really hardwired into them genetically or whether they're kind of a a product of their circumstances because the fact is that smaller dogs have much more opportunity to 
move quickly, run around like Get crazy. in and out of things, get in and out and under and yeah. through. And they can kind of, like Thistle, for example, is always looking. Thistle, by the way, is our smallest. Um, Tom's, yeah. She's Tom's dog and she's the smallest of our dogs. Yeah. Um, but she'd be like looking at holes and thinking mm. about getting down them. Whereas yeah. most of our dogs couldn't even get their nose in the holes yeah. that Thistle she, thinks about going in them. Yeah, and she's, you know, it doesn't take a lot for her to run because she doesn't need much space to run whereas obviously your bigger dogs especially um if they're living in a smaller house for example they maybe let's, can't get let's off say the a great lead. dane so let's say a yeah. great dane i know that um growing up actually i used to show great danes beautiful great danes uh, when i was younger and i lived in plymouth growing up and um they were very calm slow sedate trained house dogs and these guys were in a small terraced house they had three great danes and some people were like oh my god three of those and they were fawn black mask great danes and they were very very laid back they were very very sedate they didn't have any sort of struggles with living in a small space and never would they have run or zoomed or And, and so it's it's crazy when you think about it because they're such huge dogs and yet completely what you're saying tom it was their that was their circumstance that and, was their environment and so the fact is that our dogs become more of what they do day in day out so if you if your dog is a little bit kind of on the slower side a little bit on the more thoughtful side then actually if you just practice you know moving quickly practice them doing rather than thinking over the course of a couple of weeks if the if the balance is tipped you know towards doing and 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 movement actually they're more like they'll they'll move quicker they're more likely to move quicker one thing that we get all of our large breed dog owners to do very early on in in working with us is we say okay let's just have them earning their dinner and let's just animate the food so they're chasing the food they they you know you're rolling the food they're catching the food they're doing and after a couple of weeks what the owners come back and say and these these are like game changer owners who like trust us through this process they're like god he's he's animated he's focused he's engaged whereas before I would have described him and other people would have described him as slow, stubborn, right? You know, if every, everyone's heard a dog being called stubborn, this, these dogs that are a little bit larger and like this. And so often it's down to actually rehearsal and whether it is a little bit of a genetic component, they're kind of hardwired that way or not, it, they don't have to stay that way because they will become more of what they do it's, day in, day out. It's a out. funny thing. The the only thing I would say, um, having, uh, I have obviously working Cocker Spaniels um, and then I have um, Border Collies. And I know that recently I've had a male Border Collie puppy, mm-hmm. Tokyo, and it's so different having a male Border Collie to my whizzy little Spaniels because he's so much more... He's not slow in it by any means, is he, Tom? Like in agility, mm. you've seen him. How does he look when he does agility? Fast, 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 Like fast. really fast twitch. And yet, when you do like a little simple trick with him, you really have to train fast. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't train fast, I don't think he would do it without mm-hmm. you changing your mechanics or your transitions. It's not like as, yeah. it's not as fast twitch. And yet he is fast twitch mm-hmm. if you train him in fast twitch. Yeah. And the, the, even though, you know, he's not a, a giant breed by any stretch We're, we're still of the, talking a 13 kilo yeah. collie. <laughs> <laughs> he's still he's still now of that size where actually you know if he's in a room of the house if he's in it. the house actually he can't run around no. or move quickly because he's a bigger dog so he he in essence is you know if, if we don't if we don't do different things with him he in essence is practicing just being more slow and thoughtful i mean he could at best do a trot mm. and that would be about two or three paces yeah and that's what i think we've got to think Before about when we think about yeah when we think about gait it would be walk mainly mm. trot a little mm. whereas something like blink would be scamper pounce run yeah 
That's that's all she knows. Scamper pounce run. And so they're they're creatures of efficiency, and so they they're more likely to do what they do day in day out and obviously smaller dogs and bigger dogs they do different things day in day out by the nature of their size so the cool thing is is what we're saying is yeah you, you've seen the difference if you own a giant breed you know the difference well if you own a small breed you know the difference well but the cool thing is is that you can change that and this is something that you can develop shapeable trainable adaptable and you can like tom said develop it and and change it and actually make it a um, a trained behavior yeah. to move fast or to move slow depending on actually what we're looking for yeah now next thing that we see as being one of the big differences what we try to do with this episode is we get asked this question a lot so we tried to really boil it down as to what are like the three things that that really make the difference that isn't necessarily a difference relating to the dog themselves but maybe how we work with that dog and for sure bigger dogs we feel as though we have to protect the world from them a little bit more than your smaller dogs. And for example, um, I'm training currently a German Shepherd dog. Uh, the German Shepherd dog would get away with way less than Thistle would. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is Thistle would get away with a lot more because mm -hmm. she's little and cute. Yeah. So if Thistle went, I don't know, let's say uh, chasing a skateboard, probably mm -hmm. everyone would laugh yeah. because it's like this tiny, how heavy is she? Maximum two and a half? Two and a half, three, yeah. She's tiny, yeah. two and a half kilos versus the German Shepherd that I'm training, I would say is probably, I mean, it's a big, big mm -hmm. male GSD. I'd probably say he's got to be in his 40s to 50s mm -hmm. easily. If he goes chasing a, a skateboard, no one's laughing. No. Like no one's, so, so I, I completely yeah. see that um, in terms and, of, of the world. And equally, you know, it, you're, you've got your, your young, I don't know, St. Bernard, let's say, just go with a different breed. Um, and you know, they're, they're getting on well with other dogs, but they then get to a certain size where actually you start to think, he's maybe a little bit too rough for that other dog. And he's that there other... playing with, I don't know, a, a little whippet. Yeah, and that other dog might be just a little bit too small to play with him. And so, in essence, we, we change our choices based on how big the thing on the other end of the lead is. Um, and with that, what we find is that often um, bigger dogs they have more rules imposed on them which in turn makes them a little bit less engaged and we're not saying you shouldn't have rules but it's about how we how we work with the rules and the fact is that obviously none of you because you're all game changers but the way that most people um put rules on dogs is by nagging intimidation and possibly using some level of punishment and consequence to that game changer world we don't do that we inspire great choices and we have rules but actually we inspire that we inspire great stuff uh, but the one of the big things that we see is that actually they've bigger dogs have almost been nagged to the point where they their human isn't sexier than the squirrel in fact their the, human is just not sexy the human has lost all their sexiness because they've been a bit too strict and I think sometimes we've got to look at the rules that we have, big dog, small dog, all dogs. Like we've got to consider those. Um, me thinking about like you with with your guys, they really have, and the same for mine. There's there's really on the whole, we're, we're pretty, yeah. It's 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 we can't we, we wouldn't have thistle jumping and barging into one of our big dogs, let's say yeah. Illy, yeah. as much as we wouldn't have I don't know Bet trampling over blink yeah we, we don't have it we either way do yeah. we yeah and in fact we don't have rules we just have more expectations that are a result of our training and i think that's a big like mindset shift rules put the onus on the dog 
expectations as outcomes of our training puts, puts the onus on, on us. us. And, and that's what it's about with those of you that listen to us on a regular basis, like Tom and I, you know that um, for us, it's about the dogs learning guided mm-hmm. by games, by fun, by energy. Training and actually for the situation, they, right? They have a great choice um, and, and a menu of choice, in fact, of all the things that can come to them as good stuff. Like we have got a lot of good stuff to deliver and we yeah. take it as our um, our job. Like that's our mission. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll tell you a little story. It's a bit, it was a bit of a scary story that happened a few days ago where we were out for a walk and um, Thistle was there and Bet was there and there were... They, uh, brave was there as well um, and we're, we're walking along and we're, we're playing in the water and there's a wall next to the water and of course we you know we tr- we trust our dogs they, they, we've trained for the situation they have freedom um, and then we saw little thistle on a wall and it was it was at the moment as tom had gone I'd call, thistle whistle i was like, I was like where's this her Let real, me call her. it was her, his recall and i was like <laughs> no as and, she's like doing this like look over yeah. over the cliff dive and she wasn't stupid right like, no, she was yeah. great and, and to be honest the wall for any other dog would not be a high wall but it's this just is this thistle who is like literally maybe 10 centimeters <laughs> yeah. tall and um and i'd called her and literally it, we it kind of made us realize that um you know what we definitely trained for that situation that was an optimist and, right and the other thing was that we train and we work with all of our dogs in the same way because uh, we were out and i didn't really even think about the big wall and no. neither did you yeah. uh, in the sense that we don't see that in our world all dogs are kind of equal right like we didn't see thistle as any less uh able to do anything so we're out with them and i mean we're hiking and and we're up on the moorland the moorland's beautiful if you ever get a chance to visit us in devon it's the most beautiful spot devon is amazing whether you come to super trainer or anything else here it's like one of those spots that's just amazing it's so picturesque and we were walking it was so enjoyable and there's literally like i said it was we we treat all of our dogs the same mountaineering there she was the cool thing is is that she responded to a recall which again is our expectation on our training outcomes and um she walked along the wall down the wall down the steps and then came and did a and she kind of did it was really funny because she went all the way around the edge of it before she decided that um she how to get to us so she was trying and she was showing us that she was trying but at the same time she wasn't like she was definitely yeah she was she was she was really smart with it wasn't she um and so really we're kind of great training great training (laughs) that story because actually we we don't um if we switch from a world of rules to a world of you know expectations on our training then all dogs no matter their size they can have freedom um, and like you know bets for example the border collie sure she's 13 kilos but actually she has the presence of a 70 kilo dog in yeah, the I mean, environment we, we named her as a young dog the bulldozer mm. and she's kind of stood by that name until recently when she started to jump dogs now and avoid <laughs> avoid that but she would as a young dog she would just run she yeah. was like a little bulldozer and, and yeah no i think it's completely true and so what we've got to do is put the expectation back on ourselves and think how can we train for this situation not in this situation and what we've got to think is whenever we, we all get a dog for a reason there's always a reason why we we got a dog and sometimes that dream gets put on the back burner and we've got to take it off the back burner and put it back kind of in reality but the answer to the question of are you sexier than a squirrel isn't just a comedy question 
that is the difference between you being able to have the confidence to give your dog freedom and not. And that's why this podcast has got a, it's got a com- comedy name, but actually this is serious stuff. This is dogs and owners reaching their relationship potential or not and living a life of restriction. And we don't want that one for that for anyone. And that's exactly why we do this. So I suppose my final tips for big dog, small dog would be, and this is seeing many, many owners in Devon, uh, would be actually we should really I like the idea that I don't go this is a small dog I'm going to do um, this or this is a big dog I'm going to do this I kind of see what's in front of me and I train um, yeah. accordingly we do have our dogs out together they do work together they are with us and at the same time uh, if I see something in my small dog that I want in my big dog I look at how I can adjust it and when we're saying big dogs like we said we don't have uh, Illy's our most giant mm-hmm. of, yeah. the, of the breeds and she's still a smaller she's a, she's a standard poodle yeah. 22 kilos so she's not a huge (laughs) huge dog although mainly fluff mainly fluff um so guys that's that's our take on small dogs big dogs that's from us training thousands of dogs all over the world it's absolutely fluid it's absolutely dynamic the only thing that we wouldn't advise you change is their weight beyond what it should be and on that note we'll see you next week make sure you subscribe and remember stay Stay sexy. sexy Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program. Huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today. Where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.